0: How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Third Line Plug SensCast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Joining me, as always, from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, my co-host, Tim Jesse. Tim, how are you, sir?
1: I'm uh, doing pretty good, although uh still a little jealous.
0: Is that right, Tim? It's
1: very right.
0: Well, I don't know why you're so jealous. <laughs> you're the one who got to be on Maple
1: Syrup Shots this week. oh we, it's not like you haven't been rubbing it why I was jealous for the last five or ten episodes.
0: I have not been rubbing it in, Tim. Okay, I lied. I may have rubbed it a little bit. A lot. Well, Tim, other than you being jealous, how has your week been, bud?
1: Uh, pretty good. Honestly, didn't do all that much on uh, the weekend, other than an appearance on, as you mentioned, Maple Syrup Shots.
0: Yeah. Now, as everybody knows, Neil and Dave from Maple Syrup Shots did a call-in show on Saturday afternoon, and my co-host and likely best friend, Tim Jensen, <laughs> called in.
1: Yeah, it was pretty fun. It was funny because uh, we ended up just, you know, talking arenas and uh, owners being pains in the butts.
0: Now, I understand you also... Caused a little bit of a rift between the two guys on the show this week.
1: Yeah. It turns out, I think only one of Neil or Dave, they have opposite opinions on if Die Hard is a Christmas movie.
0: I think it's Dave. I think
1: Dave doesn't think it's a Christmas movie. Neil does. Neil does. Neil almost started going on a rant, and Dave was just like, no, not this again.
0: <laughs> well, you know what's funny, Tim? When you told me about that, I started laughing because I did the exact same thing last year. Oh, you bugger. <laughs> Actually, had I been on it, you know what I would have answered? What? the Weapon.
1: Nice. The first
0: the Weapon, it happened during Christmas.
1: Yeah, I was trying to th- think because, like... <clears throat> I wasn't sure if I had a real, like, the obvious dumbass one came out, then, uh, I don't know, like, the, the, I had a hard time thinking of, like, anything that really came out, so I just went with one of the classics, because nobody's gonna know Tim's weeb shit.
0: That's true, Tim.
1: And they already caught me on that one, because they asked favorite Christmas song, and I realized I absolutely did not know any English Christmas songs.
0: You know what you should have answered is one of two songs, Christmas in Hollis by Run DMC and "Christmas Time" by The Darkness.
1: That's a lot better than Tim just giving a J-pop answer. Or... And you, the two of them just being mystified. I got it.
0: Merry but, fucking Christmas by Mr. Garrison from South Park. Nice. So, Tim, now that we're on the topic of maple syrup shots, I do got to say here on the show that I got a message from Dave last night and episode 120 which is just came out last night is for the Patreons that they have so you'll be on next week but that's not why he messaged me he messaged me to let me know episode 122 which will be coming out on January 2nd will be the last maple syrup shots episode. Huh. That's a little sad. I thought so. Given that, you know, them letting me come on the show really got me inspired to start the Third Line Plug Sensecast. And, because I started the Third Line Plug Sensecast, you and I
1: became friends once again.
0: Well, I
1: wouldn't say we weren't friends over that period, but, no,
0: but we, we more common contact, friendship. for sure. Yeah, we rekindled that friendship, though. Hmm. Because if you recall, Tim, that very first recording we ever did which i think we only did 20 25 minutes i believe and then we spent the last three hours just chatting and bullshitting
1: yeah yeah like that yeah i remember after we did that like the first trial run uh i'm not sure if this is com- if we've said this before but we did at least six trial episodes before we released our first one and uh yeah i remember i was just looking at 20 minutes it's just like We're going to need to come up with some stuff. (laughs) Yeah, and
0: that's funny. I still have that episode
1: here on the hard drive. Yeah, I think it's still kicking around. Did my cloud somewhere, too.
0: Actually, you know what, Tim? We did, I think, 15 or 16 trial episodes. Really? Yeah. And some of them we did... Well, four of them we did last summer at your mom and dad's place. And we did several from February till July, I believe.
1: I didn't think the mini-episodes counted as trial episodes because we already had uh, our first two episodes up by then.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, I guess if we I guess if we want to call consider them true episodes, then yeah, we only did roughly 12, 11, 12 episodes by that point, trial ones. Yeah. So, Tim, let me tell you about my week, bud, because I got to rekindle that jealousy in you, bud. Bugger. So, as everybody knows, this past weekend, I was in our nation's capital, of Ottawa, Ontario. Nice.
1: That's a cool place. A little it, chilly. Yeah, oh. a little bit. But before we get to our nation's capital of Ottawa, Ontario, first things first, uh, one Taylor Gibson routed through Calgary. And the first thing he said is, it's flat here. I'm like, this place needs mountains. I'm like... Look to the west.
0: I wasn't looking to the west. I was looking to the east, you fucking idiot. That's where you I was going. You could just
1: looked outside the window. I'm like, hmm, look at these mountains. Do you like, remember I what I... I could see them from my outside. Like, Tim... I can look out off my balcony and see mountains.
0: Tim, you were so lucky I didn't just get back on that airplane and kick your ass, Calgary. You <laughs> because I landed in Ottawa and I saw that. I'm like, you motherfucker. I'm not wrong. Shut up.
1: <laughs>
0: See, Tim, this is why we can't have nice things.
1: We have nice mountains.
0: Man, shut up. <laughs> All right, so let me tell you about my weekend, because I flew to Ottawa Friday afternoon. Got there about 4, 4.30 Ottawa time. I got to my hotel, which I have to admit... Not the nicest hotel I've ever stayed in. Huh.
1: Yeah, it was just. Must have gone down from when we were there. Yeah,
0: I just got there
1: and I was just.
0: Yeah, it was weird. It just seemed like one of these. Does the lobby look like one of these lobbies that would be in one of these, these flea bag motels? Like, I don't know what I was expecting. I, just, I guess I was expecting a l- something a little bit nicer.
1: Yeah. Now you mention it, the ho- the lobby was pretty nondescript. Yeah,
0: especially behind the counter too. It just there was just papers scattered everywhere. It's so like, like
1: yeah, f- Tim really thought
0: this was a nice hotel.
1: I remember our, our room was actually not well, like the full suite. The r- room was actually pretty nice. Like, I like the the bed itself was pretty comfortable. I don't remember the bathroom. But, like, the actual suite was nice. I, I thought it was okay. Yeah, and then the be- like the complimentary breakfast was questionable. I do remember that.
0: I honestly, ooh, excuse me. I didn't honestly go to it. I think the last day I was there, I was like, oh, you know, I should go get that breakfast because it's complimentary. And I set my alarm for, like, 8, 30, 9 o'clock so I can get out of bed, shower, go down to the third floor where it was. Hmm. I slept in. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know, that, I've stayed at some pretty shitty hotels, so that one's just, it was nice, like in the, oh, that's nice, kind of way.
0: Yeah. So go back to what I was saying about Ottawa. So I arrived on Friday, I got to the hotel, dropped my shit off, and I decided to go up to Parliament Hill because the Senators had their alumni game. Nice. Nice. I have to say, that is one of the coolest experiences I have ever had in my life. Not just because... The rink itself is absolutely gorgeous. How they built it, and you got Parliament Hill in the background, and the snow was coming down, and then all the players came out under the ice. Like, that's that's awesome, man. When, you, when you're when you sitting there and you see Daniel Alfredson, and Radek Bonk, and Ron Tugnut, and Alexei Yashin there... A guy who I never thought would ever come back into the good graces of the Senators. Like, that's something cool. That's like, oh my god, it's like my childhood coming back to life in front of me. Mm-hmm.
1: But if yeah, and then, did... like, uh, crazy pieces of history, like, Alexander Daig was there as well.
0: Yeah, and he was freaking majestic in that game. He scored four goals.
1: Damn. I know. Uh... I could
0: see why he got drafted first, man. Like, it's very different when you see him on YouTube than when you see him in person. Because in person, that guy still has wheels.
1: Yeah, it's a shame he could just never apply it to the gang chell level. I think the weird. first first couple
0: of seasons he did, but once he got paid the big money, gone. Gone. Yeah. So I'm just going to give you a couple of notes from the game. Once Daniel Offerson was introduced, I started the Alfie chant. And nice. let me tell you, Tim, when you get the Alfie, Alfie chant going at Parliament Hill... Daniel Offertson was probably 35 feet away from me, in front of me, and I could see that he got emotional when he heard that. Nice. So that was pretty cool. Um, Pascal Leclerc. Fucking sieve. Yeah. Didn't get injured, though, so good for him.
1: That's the more surprising one, honestly. Yeah. I know... uh, Who the hell... He got injured by a tennis... Sorry, a volleyball. Remember when he was sitting on the bench and he got hit by the puck? Mike Fisher did one of those two things. Yeah. So anyway, and yeah, fish felt bad.
0: Oh yeah. Well, I remember when I see when I saw Patrick Laline there, and he had the old school Marvin the Martian mask and the pads, and I'm like, oh my god, this is so awesome. And then when he started making those great saves and the "Patty Patty" chant started, oh, he yeah. was just loving it. You could see him kind of raising his hand, like, yeah, pump it up.
1: Uh, oh, he was like, loving it. Finding a stream for that game was so freaking hard. It was being uh, shown on local Ottawa television. I think Rogers 22. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Sens Twitter team or any of their online marketing aim didn't mention that Rogers was streaming it online. Rogers didn't mention it. And it was on this weird, crappy YouTube stream. Right. And I just couldn't even get the stream to work.
0: Honestly, I really do believe that the future of hockey streaming You know, because they could go what they've been doing with Game Center, or they can go like with Twitch or YouTube. I think that is going to be the future of hockey broadcasting.
1: Yeah, the one thing is, is the hockey broadcasting right now, it's just terrible. Like uh, hockey, like the hockey streams are so inconsistent. Like uh, they're always dropping and lagging like I was Like, uh, my buddy came over on Sunday, and we were watching uh, the Steelers game. Funny story about that game, but uh, the NFL stream was perfect. Yeah, but I
0: mean, they've sunk billions of dollars into what they've been doing for broadcasting. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, I just got to give a couple more notes about this game. Uh, Got to fist bump some of the guys when they came off the ice. Todd White was one of them. Mike Fisher was one of them, Chris Neal was one, Patrick Lalim, Radic Bonk, Alexei nice. Yashin. And speaking of Bonk, Tim, I am currently looking at my black 2D Radic Bonk jersey with 76 in the back. Yep. Do you want to take a guess uh, what the little scribble there just under the 7 is?
1: Taylor's a weeder. Nah.
0: <laughs> no. One Mr. Radic Bonk's autograph. Nice. At the end of the game, I threw the jersey over with my pen and he walked over and he saw it and he's just like, oh. grabbed it, signed it. And of course, I had the best response to him. Hey, Raddock, uh-huh. when are you going to bring the mullet back? <laughs> he loved that. He thought that was just the greatest.
1: Do you think he knows about the Twitter account?
0: I should have asked him. Although... At Bonk Smollett is currently very jealous of me because I got that jersey signed.
1: (laughs) Well, maybe you should get him on here to come talk about it.
0: (laughs) Hey, it's in the plans. If we ever get big enough to bring on some guests, he's on the top of the list. Might as well. Yep. So let's go to Saturday because Saturday I was at TD Place at Lansdale Park for the Montreal Canadiens-Ottawa Senators game in minus... 18 weather with a wind chill.
1: Ah, How in the
0: fuck do those people live in that shit, Tim? I mean, look, I can understand walking around in that for half hour to an hour, maybe tops. Not when you're sitting in it in three hours and I'm freezing.
1: Uh, Most of us don't sit outside for three hours.
0: Yeah. And I know because I had the open, I was sitting in the open air stands where they build it for the great cup and even walked. Into the little corridor where the stairs are. It's still open air, and it was breezy underneath. To give you an example, yeah. I had an Alexander Keith Tall Boy, and it froze. Holy shit! It was that cold. It it was like a, drinking a slushy.
1: Wow. Still but different. yeah, uh, most people in Ottawa just don't go outside during the winter.
0: Yeah, I don't go. I don't go outside generally in the winter time, but. Then again, it's not minus 17, minus 18 outside.
1: Actually, funnily enough, in uh, Toronto, uh, a lot of the business types uh, got tired of going outside. So the banks in the city uh, built an underground pathway that connected all of the major banks and malls to the subway system. So you literally don't have to go outside in Toronto. Okay, that's actually kind of smart. And Calgary has some, something similar with the plus 15 overpass. Right. But yeah, in Ottawa, it's just you. And this is pretty typical of the city of Ottawa in general. You get in your car, you go to the place you're going to. You don't leave until you get in your car and drive back out to Barhaven or wherever the hell you live.
0: Yeah. Now, let's go back to the game because. Like I was saying about the alumni game, that was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had in my life watching the Ottawa Senators outside hands down in the top 3. I don't know, maybe it's number 2 on that list, but you know, definitely top 3 because definitely during the national anthem when you hear the fighter jet come overhead and the fireworks and obviously you watch the game, they had that little pre-game thing between the Montreal the old school Habs and the old school Sens. Mm-hmm. They they built a little rink right next to where the ice surface was.
1: Oh, that sounds awesome.
0: Oh, it was really cool. One nitpick I got to say, though, Tim, I took your recommendations on a few of the restaurants. You've, uh, you kind of let me down, bud. Really? Yeah. I'm going to start off with burgers and fries forever.
1: I think this is just you having bad taste.
0: No. And you know what, Tim? I think you built burgers and fries up a little bit too much for me, because I walked down to it, I got in, I ate the burger, I left, and I was just like, eh, it was okay.
1: That's one of the best burger places in Ottawa.
0: I know, and I was really, I really wanted to like it, but I felt very underwhelmed when I walked out.
1: Yeah, because the only other place that's really known in Ottawa is Chez Lucien in the market. Which I did not go to. I
0: did go to the Sconed Witch, though.
1: Oh, scone- I like the Sconed Witch, or were they out of jam?
0: No, they had the jam. Um, I don't know. I guess I kind of expect a little bit more out of a breakfast place, because I walked in expecting, like, a bigger portions. And I paid, pay like, 18 bucks and i was still hungry when i left i'm like F- for fuck's sakes huh look i mean this scone was delicious let's not kid ourselves that it, they're
1: very good scones the lemon
0: poppy seed one very good
1: mhm yeah yeah i know one of my uh one of my buddies used to work there and uh yeah he used to sneak us off uh some of the some of the excess from the day yeah and that was awesome
0: i also got to eat a beaver
1: tail when i was there Nice.
0: Actually, not too bad. I had it down on... Have you ever eaten a beaver tail down on George Street?
1: No, I've only ever had a beaver tail on the canal.
0: Yeah, now see, I didn't see that until I took the cab back to the airport on Monday. Huh. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the canal is definitely not frozen over yet.
0: No, absolutely not. It's got snow on it, but it's not frozen.
1: No, and it's definitely not safe.
0: No. (laughs) I'll just have a couple of more notes... Uh, regarding saturday uh tim hicks country artist didn't sound too bad you know um i was in the i had to take a leak so i went and did that during his performance brian adams also sounded very good i don't know if i would have played heaven myself i would have played um what the fuck would i would have played i would have played summer 69 because that's what he always plays yeah Now, I was happy with Cuts Like a Knife. I do like that song. Nice. I would have gone a little bit differently. There was a song off the album Reckless called It's Only Love where he did with Tina Turner. Nice. Now, hear me out on this one because he would do the first verse and then Tina would come in for the second verse. Mm -hmm. How I would have done it, Brian does the first verse and Ottawa native Alanis Morissette would have done the second verse.
1: Oh, that would have been cool. Yeah. Was Alanis there? or No, she
0: was not. You know who was there? Guy Lafleur and Mario Lemieux.
1: I heard about the Mario Lemieux because of the top five moments in NHL history. Yep,
0: he came number one.
1: Yep, five goals,
0: five five ways. ways. Which is funny because that's a moment in hockey history that I don't think enough people truly appreciate enough because nobody has done it since. Gretzky hasn't done it. Mario only did it once. Crosby hasn't done it. McDavid...
1: Still hasn't, has yet to do it. Matthews hasn't. Nobody has done it. Well, you have to think about how absurd it, that, like, the whole situation is. First, one player scoring five goals is pretty absurd as it is in one game. Five different ways as well. Yeah, it's like even strength, power play, penalty kill, over time. No, it was, uh see,
0: even strength, power play, penalty kill, penalty shot, empty shot. So it's pretty cool, and he was there, and he's a he's a noted recluse. Surprisingly, even though he's a NHL owner, yeah,
1: yeah. I think I I think it would be better if our owner was a noted recluse. Yeah, though we will talk about that later on the show, Tim. Oh my God! Actually, before I go, we like going back to Maple syrup shots. Before I started that appearance, uh, they asked me how my day was going, and I told told them that uh, I had just left the Ottawa Senators Twitter riot. (laughs) <laughs>
0: nice, I got. I can't wait till you, that episode comes out to hear you, bud. Oh, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Now let's go to Sunday because Sunday, it went to the Ottawa Sixty Sevens. Gatineau Olympian game. Gatineau dominated and they beat Ottawa. Not a bad game, to
1: be quite honest with you, mm-hmm. but, How uh, did you like CHL hockey? Sorry. How did you? How did you like CHL in general? Canadian uh, CHL CH. I don't
0: mind CHL hockey because we've got. A junior team in Victoria, and I've seen them a couple of times. It's good hockey. And I felt the 67s were also good, too.
1: Mm-hmm. One thing I notice about the game is you can def like, it's interesting because it's uh there's a lot more scramble plays because the hockey IQ just hasn't developed to the level that it is at the NHL. Oh, for sure. And so, like, watching CHL mm-hmm. and NHL have such a, or even, like, AHL and CHL have such a different dynamic right and uh, it was interesting because I forget which goalie it was Uh, I don't want to say Danny Taylor but uh, they wrote for the Players Tribune and this goaltender had played in a few games in the NHL, a bunch in the AHL and a bunch in the ECHL and he was saying that the shooters and the playmakers they get a bit better in each league and that means your style of goaltending is completely different because that extra level of skill makes certain plays certain plays more available and certain plays completely unavailable. Right. Because the higher skilled defensemen are able to take are always getting rid of the obvious plays. So so the shots have to come from harder angles and faster. So you have to move to more of a faster goaltending style.
0: Right, and I think that's why a lot of goalie prospects I mean there are some very good exceptions to that rule. But I think for the most part, a lot of them don't pan out. And you saying that is probably a big reason why. There's a lot well, of them think... can't develop enough to a point where they can translate or transition mm-hmm. into faster styles of hockey.
1: And I think the other thing we have to appreciate is there's only 60 goalie slots.
0: Yeah. And you so got to be good
1: to get those slots, man.
0: Yeah. So I'll just wrap up my week. Uh, Monday, went to the airport, met an ex-senator at the airport. Ooh. Former Sens defenseman Lance Pitlick. Do you have yeah. any idea who this individual is, Tim? No. Yeah, he, he played on the, uh, the the early Sens teams. okay. Yeah, so it was kind of funny how I met him because I was standing in line and I see a couple of guys are in the airport with hockey bags not even thinking oh they might be involved with the alumni game i'm thinking oh you know it might be some beer league they're probably going back to prince edward island or whatever whatever they're going right mm-hmm. so there's a guy in front of me and i see him with a hockey bag now i don't want to come off as a bit of a creeper for this one but whenever i see stuff like that and i always see a tag i always kind of look at it to see where this person's going mm-hmm. kind of creepy i know but hear me out so I'm looking at it, and I see, where's this person going? Plymouth. Okay, I'm thinking Plymouth, Michigan, right? Because they have an OHL team. I'm looking at it, and I see the name, and it says Lance Pitlick. And I said, oh, wait, Lance Pitlick? <laughs> and I, I looked up and go, hey, you used to play for the Senators. And he's going, hey, how you doing, Matt? So he and I bullshitted for a couple of minutes. He asked me if I went to the alumni game. And I said, yeah, you know, it was a, such a cool experience to see the old the old guys and Lance was on Team Phillips, who lost 12 to 2 to Team Alfredson, Ooh. and uh, he was telling me, he goes, you know, yeah, I don't know what was, I don't know why, what Philly was thinking when he decided that his team needed all the tough guys, and I said, yeah, it also doesn't help that Chris Neal hit the hit the crossbar at least twice in that game, <laughs> but he says, hey man, listen, if you want to get a picture with an old beaten up guy like myself, you're more than welcome to. And if you want to go on to my social media, all my social media, by the way, at Great White Gipster, I have the photo up there if you want to check that out. And you can check out my new Mark Stone jersey. Ooh. Yeah. As you recall, Tim, I put up the poll. I'm man of my word. I bought a Mark Stone jersey.
1: Actually, I kind (laughs) of want to get a jersey with Briver...
0: Brian, Brian Fiverr
1: six. Five six is anagram for Thomas Shabbat. What is it? It's uh Athmo Hatko. Okay. So he basically took the all the letters in Thomas Shabbat and scrambled them into something stupid. <laughs> As Brian five or Six would, of course. Yeah,
0: that's funny. So I'm just gonna wrap this up real quickly. It was a bit of a shit show with my flights. Um, My flight to Calgary from Ottawa got delayed a couple of hours. Didn't get into Calgary until roughly 11.30, midnight on Monday. So WestJet had to put me up at the Westgard Garden Hotel. Now, have you ever stayed at this hotel, Tim? Nope. I have to say, the room was actually pretty nice.
1: The airlines usually put you in pretty good hotels.
0: Yeah, and so... The next day, I go to the hotel because I have to catch a catch a flight from Calgary to Nanaimo. That's where I was heading, and I get to my terminal. The flight was canceled, and nobody told me about it. Yeah. And fuck was I pissed! Uh, now you can go on to my Facebook. I put up the message for all those people who wanted snow in Vancouver Island. I hope you're happy because I'm sitting here in the Calgary out Al- Al- Calgary airport cursing your name right now. <laughs> And so I decided to go to the WestJet um, help center, and I got rerouted to Victoria. And we were just flying over Vancouver yesterday afternoon, and we hit turbulence.
1: Oh, fun stuff.
0: Yeah. That was a little hairy. But then I got like, into how
1: bad are we talking?
0: Oh, it was shaking pretty good. You know, I mean, there was no chance we were going to crash and die and this podcast would just be you, but, <laughs> you know, but I made it safe and sound and I'm here right now talking to you, Tim, and that's all that matters, right, bud?
1: Yep. And then I'll be doing that same flight in a couple of days. Yeah.
0: So all the, all the best on your flight. Okay, Tim? I'm going to throw up six times. Or you know what you should do Tim is bring an iPod, put them in, listen, crank the music, lay back and try and relax.
1: Oh no, I fly a lot for work. So or it's just
0: Or you know, you just joking. run and going, "Oh my god, we're all going to die."
1: <laughs> oh, you, know, you, should be, you should be should be like Marge Simpson
0: do. when um, the episode Fear of Flying be like, "Let me out, let 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 me out." Let me out. <laughs>
1: Oh, I should just look at a child and be like, the end is near. Yeah. In 20 years, (laughs)
0: you'll learn to cry on the inside. Oh, that's bad. (laughs) Now you know it's not bad, Tim. Last week's episode. Did you get a chance to listen to it?
1: Uh, yeah. Thoughts? Uh, it's oh. I think it's hard to listen to when the team is just doing absolutely garbage.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Um... Uh, overall, I thought the episode was good. I wasn't happy with my performance on the show, though. How so? I don't know. I'm just, I'm somebody who's very critical of myself when I hear myself on the podcast. And I've sort of tried to get a routine going on podcast days where I try to at least take a 60-minute nap before we record, crush an energy drink, sitting here, and then we record. And that's what I did now. And so far, so far... So far, so good. It's been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Last week, I didn't do that. I just couldn't fall asleep, and I just felt my performance suffered for it.
1: I don't know. I didn't really notice anything too wrong. I can go back and give it another look. Yeah.
0: It, it might just be me, though. That's You got to understand that. Yeah. All right. Well, Tim, with all that out of the way, you know what it's time for? A little segment you like to call Top of the hour. So, Tim, I really hate starting top of the hour off with a death. But, you know what? It happens. I mean, it happens when these guys start dying one after the other. This week, former NHL defenseman, and you're going to love this name. This guy's the captain of the all-name team. Zarly Zalaspi. He passed away at age 49 at the time of his death. No cause of death was recorded. Zalapiski was drafted fourth overall in 1986 by the Pittsburgh Penguins. He played 11 seasons with the Pittsburgh Penguins, Hartford Whalers, Philadelphia Flyers, Calgary Flames, and the Montreal Canadiens. Zarley was a pretty solid defenseman and a very good offensive defenseman. However, he will be best remembered for the trade That brought Ron Francis and Ulf Samuelson to the Pittsburgh Penguins in 1991.
1: Yeah, it's a player you don't hear about. And it's a shame he died so young.
0: Yeah, because I'll have to go back and look at his stats. I think he had like a 20-goal season or something in Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, it's nothing to sniff at.
0: No, and I understand in the 1980s, like, a fucking 890 save percentage will win you a Vezna. But still. Mm hmm. Yeah. Still. (laughs) Yeah. So, Tim, while I was sitting in the Calgary airport on Friday afternoon, I was on my phone and I was checking out YouTube and I saw a video that TSN put up. Now, the video was regarding former Los Angeles King and Minnesota Wild Tough Guy Matt Johnson. Now, I sent this to you through Facebook. Did you get a chance to watch it?
1: I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I got the crib notes of just how sad the whole situation was. Yeah.
0: So just a bit of a rundown on the video. Uh, The video was regarding uh, Matt Johnson currently is living on a beach in Southern California. And his parents have stated that the NHLPA has, once again, they have done nothing to help this gentleman. And he has been known he suffered from an addiction to painkillers and he's also suffering from CTE. Now I know Last was it the last episode or the episode before? We're talking about uh, was it Stephen Pete or Chris Pete? The guy, Chris Pete, yeah, Chris Pete, yeah. He used to play for Washington Capitals. So when I remembered that, I looked at this and I said, "We gotta bring this up."
1: Yeah, and we've talked about so many of these CTE guys, and uh, well, first of all, I think we have to recognize that Ottawa has actually done quite well by uh, Chris Neal. Oh, for sure. Um, but Chris Neal was also he wasn't a pure enforcer, so that might have helped. Yeah, but and so far
0: w- he hasn't displayed signs of CTE yet.
1: Yeah, you have to wonder, uh like other players that Ottawa's had like uh that were pure enforcers like uh
0: Brian Andre
1: or uh, Zach Cassian, like are is that gonna be the next name to turn up? And that's honestly kind of sad from a fan perspective.
0: Yeah. What about Andre Wah? Yeah, Yeah. Andre Watt, I mean, you could put up uh, Matt Karkner, you can do, you can do uh, Mike Paluzzo. I mean, he's suffering He's suffering at the moment, and the is not doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. So seriously, get your shit together, NHLPA. Fuck.
1: Like, what's the point of having a players association if they're not going to step up?
0: Exactly. And the reason why the NHLPA was started is because these players were getting screwed out of... They were getting screwed out of pensions, but they were royally getting screwed in their pensions because I think Gordie Howe at one point was only getting like $13,000 a year from his pension after he retired. Gross. Yeah. And so a bunch of players, including Bobby Hall and Gordie Howe and what the hell's his name? I can't remember his name. You'll have to, I'll have to show you the video on that. And they sued the NHL and they got like tens of millions of dollars over that. Mm-hmm. And it led to the fall of Alan Eagleson as the head of the, at the Players Association. But we're getting off a little off topic, Tim. Let's go to our next story. Former Montreal Canadiens defenseman Andre Markoff slammed Habs GM Mark Bergevin in an interview with Le Journal de Montreal. Markov stated that he felt disrespected by Bergevin when there was no negotiations This past summer, Markov was given a couple of offers by Montreal and was told, either you sign or you don't sign.
1: What's interesting about the article in the journal is uh, just Markov, uh, he goes through uh, the whole thing and it's just, uh, je suis ici, uh, c'est le 12 de mai, and I got this offer, and it's it's just so... Every He lists the day when he got the offer. It's just so, so detailed.
0: Yeah. Did you see that his wife posted on social media that she felt that the team disrespected him too? Much in the way that Julie Torres did the same with Kyle, which we'll talk about later in the show. Yeah.
1: A bit of an aside here. It's I think it's really cool that angel families are getting involved in the media. It makes for such a vibrant community. But getting back to it, the amount of disrespect like, how disrespectful that, uh, like, we had the previous uh, article based on uh, Danny Briere's book suggesting that Terry Ann was just a massive bully. Then we get Berger Vane acting like this. It's no wonder there's problems coming out of Montreal when uh, the people interacting with players are just, frankly, abusive.
0: Yeah, and you also got to look at their ownership, too, because that's a ownership that re- just clearly doesn't care. When you look at the decisions that have been made by the front by the Habs front office, with all the stupid trades and giving Andrew Shaw that big contract, I mean, you gotta wonder. Like, really, um, something's got to change in Montreal.
1: Well, well, I guess uh, Montreal fans aren't like Toronto fans, where uh, back oh, no, when no, they the Ontario's and- pensions fund owned the Maple Leafs, they just. Redber uh team with top forward Nick Antropov. Uh, they would just throw out whatever garbage they could find to minimize their uh, salary payouts. Jeff Finger. Jeff Finger. Uh, Vesa Tuscala. Jonathan Bernier. Well, Ber- I think Bernier came after the teachers fund was gone. Okay. But yeah, like they were just milking the tickets. And I don't think you can do that in Montreal. Because when the teams ro- suck in Montreal... There's probably less Habs fans in the seats than Sens fans on a given night.
0: Yeah, and it, and it clearly showed at the beginning of the season when Montreal were really struggling and the fans weren't showing up. Mm-hmm. See, NHL? Or, we're not the only fans that can do that.
1: Yeah, like and like Habs fans not showing up was a prominent storyline both in the early 2000s, like during the 2000s, like the early aughts when the Habs just weren't very good.
0: True. All right, Tim, so let's go into our next story, and it's an Ottawa Senators story. Hey! Ottawa Senators forward Alex Burroughs got fined $5,000 from the NHL after he speared Dylan DeMilo of the San Jose Sharks during their meeting on Saturday night. Not this past Saturday, but the Saturday previous. You
1: think they could have suspended him? I would have really liked it if they suspended him.
0: I didn't honestly, I didn't, like I said, I didn't watch the game, so I have no friends. It was weapons.
1: a nasty spear and hit.
0: Yeah, he was known as a pretty dirty player in Vancouver, too. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's go yeah. into, sorry, let's go into our next story. It's another Sens story. Now, controversy surrounding Chris Neal's retirement ceremony in Ottawa started to brew after team owner Eugene Melnick, who, like we said, we will talk about him later in the show, wasn't at Neal's retirement press conference. Now, during Chris Neal's time in Ottawa, he was the subject of numerous trade talks for most of his career in in Ottawa.
1: Yeah, and it's one of those things that I don't think the Neal camp was ever the side to initiate them. I think it was the fact that Chris Neal was always a guy of some value, and whenever Ottawa wasn't doing well enough or needed that extra boost, uh, Neal seemed like the obvious guy to shop, and I wouldn't be surprised if... uh, murray or dorian were shopping him at one time or another
0: oh i wouldn't be surprised at all
1: but this is it's super low that menlik wasn't there
0: oh for sure but you know what tim we've got a lot to talk about him in this episode so we're going to close out top of the hour for this episode i really hope you enjoyed it because i think this is the longest top of the hour we've actually done
1: Which is weird because I think it's the one with the least amount of stories. Exactly,
0: not just top of the hour, but just our pre-game talk bits too. Topics
1: we had a We both had pretty good weeks, to be honest.
0: For sure. All right, Tim. So let's segue into the games. Now we got three games to talk about this week. We got the Buffalo Sabers versus the Ottawa Senators, the New York Rangers versus the Ottawa Senators, and the. NHL 100 game between the Montreal Canadiens and Ottawa Senators. But before we do that, Tim, let's hit the music. God, I love that song, Tim. <laughs> so let's talk about the first game of the evening. The Ottawa Senators versus the Buffalo Sabres. This was a 3-2 Sabres victory. Senators goals were scored by Derek Brizard and Cody Ceci Sabres goals were scored by Benoit Wapoulion, Kyle Okposo, and Evander Kane. Shots were 26-25 for the Senators. This was just a boring game. Overall, not a great game by either team. The goals just happened to go for Buffalo. Ottawa, however, did play an upbeat game early on that really tapered off. Buffalo played the more physical game and overall was successful that way. Uh, Benoit Pouliot opened the scoring on a terrible goal, which Mike Condon didn't even move on. Ocaposo made it 2-0 after Carlson misplayed the coverage, and Evander Kane scored on a one-timer while on the power play to make it 3-0. The only note I really have on this game was that Bobby Ryan was shaken up by a hit that Jordan Nolan threw, Oh, honestly, not a very dirty hit from what I saw, as Ryan did have the puck when Nolan
1: went for the hit. But nobody did anything on the hit. No, absolutely not. And that was like one of the signs that the Senators just don't care. But like, there's just so much. There's a lot to talk about this game, and not a lot of it's very good. First off, it should be noted that Thomas Chabot was not on the ice in Buffalo. And you, the top team was definitely missing an extra smooth skating defenseman. The other thing I noticed here is, like, the Sens and Sabres were basically trading which team it was time to be just completely freaking useless on the ice.
0: Oh, I totally agree with that. Even watching it, I'm just sitting there going, fuck, this is a brutal game. I can't even, I can't believe people actually paid to see this.
1: Yeah. Like, if there's one fan base that's worse done by than us right now, it's poor Sabres fans. That's not true. Arizona fans are pretty bad right now. Yeah, that's true. Um, but they've at least they have catastrophic injuries that at least explain how their team's doing. Yeah, fair enough. And just like, let's talk about that Pouliot goal for a second, because sure. Benoit Pouliot looked like a looked like Superman going through the zone. Hey.
0: Oh my God! I sat here watched it and I was just like, okay, is nobody gonna stop him? Like. Come on, Condon. You could have even stopped him on that. Like, he didn't even move on the plate. He just
1: sort of stood there. It's like, oh, it went in?
0: Okay, whatever.
1: Yeah, and it was just like, he manages to skate through all the defenders, one hand on the stick, and then just fires it like it's nothing. Benoit Poliad isn't that good. No. Nope. If he's getting chances like that, that says something about your team. And I don't think there really was any good senders, Although, uh, Cody CC actually played a surprisingly okay game. Yeah, and, and you know things might are bad Ottawa when Cody CeCe is your best player. player. Well, I think their best players that night were Dezing- were probably Ryan Dezingle, Cody CC, and Thomas Shabbat. And it really pains me to say that Cody CC was one of their best players because Cody CC got dumpstered again in, in the shots department. Yeah, but Cody's had a, at times the season's had a pretty good year. But the thing, though, is like him and Oduya and him and Funuf have been two of the worst pairings in the NHL, period.
0: Yeah, we've definitely talked about it here on the show.
1: Yeah, and there's just like this, like the game just got harder and harder to watch. You could obviously tell that uh, Ottawa just didn't care. One thing I did like, though, was uh, somewhere midway in the second period, uh, Mike Hoffman, and I don't know why, I think it was something either about goal review or a ref missing an obvious call, but he just dropped the loudest and longest F-bomb I've heard on national TV in a very long time.
0: What about the time when Eric Carlson dropped the F-bomb during a home game and the microphone caught it? Remember they, it, it was like that. Yeah, I remember that the puck went for icing I heard, Fuck! Fuck! Yeah, it was like
1: that. It was just like a fuck. Like it was a loud, logged angry fuck from the bench.
0: Well, sometimes you gotta get it out of your system.
1: Yeah. Just like uh, all the bile that sends Twitter had built up.
0: Yeah, so let's, let's talk a little bit about this, because this Twitter shitstorm really started on... Wednesday night, the night after the Sabre-Sens game, when Kyle Turris was in Vancouver with the Ma- Nashville Predators playing the Vancouver Canucks. And he was asked, or sorry, no, he responded to a question a reporter asked him and about his time in Ottawa and what happened. And he caused a lot of controversy by saying it was Eugene Melnick, not Pierre Dorian, that didn't want to re-sign him. Now, Dorian responded before the Rangers game, stating that all hockey operation matters go through him, not Melnick. And that's when Julie Turris went onto social media, insinuating
1: that Pierre Dorian had lied to Kyle Turris. And she didn't probably the best way possible. LOL. LOL. And even backing up to Tuesday night, you have to remember that this was still in a period that Ottawa had yet to st- hadn't strung two wins together for almost a month. Ed had just lost to the freaking Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, Twitter so exploded. Something
0: that we've had a real people problem were calling basically. for a rebuild. Like mm-hmm. they're
1: calling for heads, people were calling for Guy Boucher's head, people were calling for Melnick's head, people were calling for Dorian's head. The post game like the post game on Sense Tech twelve hundred was just absurd. All they could say is like everyone's to blame for this. Uh, people were taking screenshots of Guy Boucher on the bench as his face became increasingly panicked as the game went on. I pre like, I have never seen Guy Boucher scared out of his mind until tonight.
0: Yeah, but now given credit to the players, because the players came out and said this exact same thing that says, we are all to blame for this. Mm-hmm. None of us are playing great. And the only way we're going to get out of this is by playing great and playing as a team.
1: Yeah, and, well, it's what you have to say, but that's that's cold comfort for those of us who have to watch them play.
0: Yeah, but the thing is, though, when you saw the players say that, you 100% believe that. I understand that's a very generic response that, oh, well, you know, we got to get to play 100% and all the boys, you know, yada, yada, yada. But when you see guys like Carlson say that, He's 100% serious. He's not
1: bullshitting mm-hmm. anybody. Well, the one thing I liked was Condon just came out and said, oh, I had a terrible night. Like, I was glad that Condon was actually able to come out and just say that. Mm-hmm. Um, It was interesting because it was just Armageddon that night.
0: Yeah, and you can tell that the intensity and the frustration led into a victory the next night because... The New York Rangers versus the Ottawa Senators, a 3-2 Senators victory. Sens goals were scored by Bobby Ryan, Cody Ceci, and Zach Smith. Rangers goals were scored by Michael Grabner and Pavel Bounishvich. Shots were 30, 29 Senators overall. Very exciting game by both teams. This game really felt like a game during the second round of the playoffs last season. Craig yeah. Anderson, I felt, looked really good for Ottawa. Henrik Lundqvist played pretty decently as well. The only, thing I, only real nitpick is Ottawa's energy level varied throughout the game and were very sloppy handling the puck, which resulted in a couple of turnovers and also resulted
1: in the Michael Grabner goal. That's something I've noticed about the Senators a lot throughout the years. It doesn't seem like they have the energy in the tank to play a full game. And that was something I remember seeing a lot last year as well. Like... Effort levels within the game were just wildly inconsistent.
0: For sure. But the thing is, is that they played very solid defense to make up for that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, honestly, I didn't get a chance to watch this game because uh, I decided after the Buffalo game, I was taking a break from the Ottawa Senators for a minute.
0: Well, I, didn't, I did not I do the same game. because I watched the game because I knew we had to talk about it this week couple of notes I have. First of all, did you get a chance to watch Bobby Ryan's beautiful one-timer down the middle that he received from Mark Stone? No, I didn't. Uh, Go onto YouTube after we're done this episode and watch that because, fuck, that was beautiful. Like, what a blast he had. Mm Mm-hmm. And the the other note I have was Cody Cece, nobody
1: covered him on that goal. No, and it's that's one thing I've noticed about CC in the last few games is uh, it seems like the the hockey IQ is starting to come around because at least on the offensive end he's he's getting into position he's starting to activate himself more. Mm-hmm. He's still does that. He's still not very good in his own end. So like the thing is is like I think he's going to be a very serviceable five sixty, but I don't think he's any more than that.
0: No, I but think if they developed the him more there. years, years, if they had developed him years ago, for sure he would have been either a top pairing or a second pairing defenseman, but like his development has not come along that far where he can actually play those numbers. Now I understand he is playing those amount of minutes, but as we've clearly seen, he doesn't even look like he deserves it on some nights.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Although I do feel bad for the guy because I think I've said this before. It reminds me of uh, Justin Schultz in Edmonton. Like, Edmonton just didn't have the defensive depth, so he had to take the... Like, he was thrust into a situation where he was eating a bunch of minutes because no one else could. Yeah,
0: and if you look at Ottawa on the right side for defense, they're not exactly very deep. Uh, If you take Eric Carlson out of the equation, who really do we have? All we have is Christian Yaros, Ben Harper, and CeCe.
1: Yeah, that's uh, not an inviting bunch. No, and on the left side,
0: is a little bit different because you have Freddie Clayson, Thomas Chabot, uh, Philip, no, Philip Trebek, he's a forward.
1: I mean, you've got a few guys. you've got. Yeah,
0: Borvo. Weidman. Oh, that's right, I forgot Weidman. Yeah, Weidman's a right-handed shot.
1: Yeah, he's kind of dead right now, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's like those right defensemen are they are hard to find and teams hold on to them once they do
0: for sure now i know understandably a couple episodes ago we were talking about the devils when they acquired sammy vatnin from anaheim yeah yeah so that was a pretty good trade one final note now i don't know if it came from this game or the buffalo game did you get a chance to hear dean brown somebody i I think it was gord wilson asked him uh what a grinder is! Oh my god, I heard about this. Yes, and he actually went and he described what grinder was,
1: and not the player, the the gay hookup app.
0: I know, and it's funny because he was on the sense call ups, and they asked him the exact same thing. And Dean Brown, one hundred percent, was like, "Listen, I am not on these apps. I know what they are." And he's like, you know, I know what Tinder is. I'm not on Tinder. I know what Snapchat is. I, I'm not on it. And Grinder. I know what it is, but I'm not on it. Well, I just love how... I like, wanted to message the guys and be like, you're fucking terrible for doing that, Dean Brown. It was funny nonetheless, but still.
1: Come on, guys. Well, it's funny because, like, the the Ottawa Senators rarely get picked up in American mainstream media. Dean Brown's Grinder comments ended up in... Uh, they ended up in a Gizmodo uh, sports blog, Buzzfeed. It was just like Jesus Christ, dude. I know.
0: Well, it could be worse, Tim. Could have been what the what Eugene Melnick's been saying.
1: Holy
0: the fuck! F- the fuck! Look, the fact that he said this the day before the outdoor game, and no, you know, literally, what I said, yeah. No, I he said was this to my dad on the way back from Victoria yesterday. I was like. How, seriously, like fucking Keith Olbermann and these big time American newscasters pick this story up and like, well, look at how bad this fucking story in Ottawa is going. Well,
1: just think of how fucking retarded his comments are. Like, here we are at the alumni game, like, a like something that should be not only celebrating the history of your team, but trying to build off in a new era for the team. And he's literally sitting there in a in front of the fucking ice there's daniel alfredson skating behind him and he's talking about like all oh, the fans suck and i'm gonna move the team if we don't make enough money like what the fuck i like the fact
0: that gary Bettman came out and was just like no you can't just willy-nilly move the team you got to get approval from the owners i think the approval rating is and i think you can correct me i think it's 75 or 80 percent of the owners have to approve it Unless you're Al Davis and you're just like, fuck you. I don't care what, your, what the percentage is. I'm still moving the team.
1: Yeah. Like, and even Gary, and then Gary Bettman twisted the knife a little further and said, we we see a future in Ottawa and that future is Le Breton Flats. For sure.
0: And you know what? And I was saying to people, because I had to, at a staff meeting today, I was telling people, you could not tell me we are not a good fan base after you saw 34,000 people in minus 18 weather to watch a hockey game. You could not tell me that. Now, I understand a lot of it with Montreal fans, but still, when you watch the Senators fans braving the weather to support their team outside, that just contradicts anything that Eugene Melnick has said about the fan base. And if you go onto Twitter, you go onto Facebook, Instagram, you go onto social media... You see a fan base that is so fucking outraged over his comments and they've started and it was trending nationwide with hashtag Melnick out.
1: And like this, this is the only time anything the senators have ever done that's trended. It trended in the U S for fuck's sakes.
0: Yeah. And like I said, guys like Keith Olbermann were picking this story up
1: and it's, and like it forced Bill Dahlia and uh, Gary Bettman to respond that evening. Like, it was a pure emergency response.
0: Oh, for sure. And I do like the fact that Eric Carlson, after the Sens-Canadians game, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes, he came out right after the game and says, you know what, I love this city, everybody in this dressing room loves this city, and we play for the fans. And he got the biggest cheer in the stadium.
1: Well, he had to that say. came over
0: the PA. That wasn't just on TV. That came over the PA, and 34,000 people heard that
1: nice
0: so Tim let's talk about the outdoor game the Montreal Canadiens versus the Ottawa Senators this was a 3-0 Senators victory Senators' goals were scored by Pajot 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 Pajo, Pajo, oh my god the Pajot channel so awesome that game uh Bobby Ryan also scored and the empty netter by Nate Thompson Shots for 38-28 for the Ottawa Senators Ottawa dominated this game, executing hashtag the system perfectly, getting shots in the net. Craig Anderson played a great game, getting the shutout with 28 saves. And the Montreal Canadiens, where the fuck were they in this game? They were nowhere to be found.
1: Well, they got blown the fuck out because they were just completely contained. You could, like, like their transition game was completely stymied by the Senators. For
0: sure. And the only reason they were ever in this game was Carey Price. And he made some great saves in that. even sitting there in minus 18, freezing to death, I'm thinking, fuck, this guy is pretty good. Now, I know I'm not a big Carey Price fan. And I don't know if I ever told him the story. My cousin was in a hockey school with him when he was 17. And he told me, Carey Price had the biggest ego to him at 17 years old.
1: Oh, well, you heard those stories from the Team Canada camp as well. Yeah. But what's nuts is... Carey Price, even in a game where he let in three goals, had an above-average game. Like he had a .93 save percentage.
0: Yeah, and I've se- I told fans at the nuts. at the game, like it was because of Kerry Price the Sens didn't win five nothing six nothing. Like he was the only reason the Montreal Canadiens stayed in as long as they did.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, credit a full team effort by Ottawa. Like. Everyone looked good. Like Thomas Shabbat was fighting hard on Pucks. Johnny Oduya was like he made a few clutch D plays to just stop Montreal from even getting into the zone. Montreal's shots were all were mostly coming from terrible terrible areas and their only good chances came off of fluky bounces.
0: Yeah. But you know what? Ottawa got a couple of fluky bounces too, which resulted in the Pad goal, which I mm. have to say I have to admit, sitting there watching the game, I didn't even know what went in until the fans started jumping up in the air. And I was like, oh, fuck, we scored?
1: Yeah. Woo!
0: Yeah, we're high-fiving
1: each other. It was awesome. But at the same time, the Bobby Ryan goal, oh, that, that
0: was beautiful. I just remember watching Druin, and I didn't realize it was Druin. I thought it was one of their defensemen. Lost control of it at the blue line, and Bobby, for a split second, had a delayed reaction. He looked at the puck like, oh, fuck, I got the puck, I'm going to score. And Carey Price... He committed to the play too early, and he went down, and Bobby shot it over top of him.
1: Well, I feel like I feel bad for Carey Price in that situation, though, because Jonathan Drouin bobbled the puck in the slot, and Bobby Ryan just victimized him.
0: Oh, it was so good!
1: Like plays like that, just go to show the the answer to the big question that we had it during our uh, off season chats. Jonathan Drouin can't be the guy like he can't put the team on his back no like I'm still not sure if they won or lost that trade but
0: I think time will tell I think you have to see how uh oh god what the what's the defenseman's name they got in Tampa oh sugar chef sugar chef thank you yeah like we have to wait and see how he develops first before we can really analyze who really won that trade
1: Mm-hmm. Although Sergachev's playing very well in Tampa right now.
0: Okay. Like I said, Nate Thompson buried the empty netter, and halfway through the third, all the Montreal fans started leaving for the exits. And I'm standing there going, have it bye, Montreal! That's right, <laughs> my team won! I traveled 3,500 miles for this! Woo! We're high-fiving each other. It was awesome. And I have to say, there was no... Um, trash talk after the game. Everybody was just so cold that we're just like, you know what? We don't we don't want to trash talk, you guys. We're just gonna leave.
1: Yeah. Although oh, speaking the... about traveling, tell us about your signs. Yes.
0: Yeah, so I made a couple of signs for the game. Now the one sign that I did bring, and uh, first of all, fuck you, Rob, for uh, correcting me on this one. Uh, Rob's my cousin. I put I made a sign that says traveled from Vancouver Island to cheer on my senators and he got back to me says, You misspelled Vancouver. <laughs> I said, Fuck no. you, buddy. But the and I double sided the sign. I said one had that, the other had Melnick or Fire Melnick, which I brought and I helped with the crowd and everyone's like, Yeah, they're high, they're clapping and shit. I made No, I made three signs. One was a wrestling one. One side had what did I say? Uh, Matthews may be the rattlesnake, but only Eric Carlson is Stone Cold. Nice. And the other side was, you know, like the Austin 316. I said Carlson 365. Nice. So that was one of them. And the other one I made was the same thing, travel from Vancouver Island. The other side, I wish I'd brought this because I spilt Vancouver right in that, get, in that sign. <laughs> the other side says, hey, Montreal, the price is wrong. Ooh. Although that one's not even fair. No. Although, I do have to say that my sign rolled underneath the stands in the second period. I was looking like, where the hell did my sign go? And I was leaving the game and went, oh, no, wait, there it is.
1: Damn. Oh, that's such a great game. Oh, that sounds so much fun. And, like, after two wins, it was funny because the Ottawa Twitter riot just turned itself around.
0: Yeah. I only got one more note to say, Tim. Uh Uh-huh. Alexander Keith Tallboys. 10.50. 10.50. Damn. And you know what? It was so cold outside, my lip froze right to the can. Oh, shit. And also, the beer froze, so it was like drinking a slushie.
1: With your with with your lip frozen to the... Yup. Holy... By the way,
0: I want to find a liquor store here on Vancouver Island that sells a case of Keith Tallboys. I will gladly pay money for that, man. Like, that was some good stuff. Actually... Do a
1: lot of places even sell cases of Tallboys? No.
0: No, a lot of the liquor stores only sell individual Tallboys.
1: Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Well, I guess it makes sense, too.
0: Yeah. Um, Since we were talking about Melnick, now, I know a lot of fans were bitching on Twitter about the team store still had pictures of Andrew Hammond and Mark Mathot. The team store on George Street in the Bayward Market still had Kyle Turris in the window. Which, by the way, Tim, I went to the team store. Yes, I did die and go to heaven, aka the team store. Oh, that was so awesome! I bought three T-shirts and my jersey.
1: Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's good times. It's funny about the Menlik about uh, leaving those ads up because uh, one thing people on uh, Twitter have been doing forensic analysis of the Ottawa Senators cash flow. Right. Not good.
0: No, and I know that he stated in an interview that he was re—you correct me if I'm wrong—he was refinancing his debts or something.
1: Yes. So that's basically him admitting that he can't pay off the debt at this level of interest. So he's looking for people to people to take on his current debt on a different loan.
0: Alfie, 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 Alfie. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> sorry, he's not the he's not <laughs> the co-owner yet. So
1: brutal. Like, it's just absolutely brutal to the point where uh, people are saying that the, repair, like, repairs haven't been done at Canadian Tire Place. And the proof in the pudding is that you still have, like, Curtis Lazar ads up. Yeah, it's bad.
0: And, I mean, Craig, because I think he's uh, his net worth is, like, a billion dollars, two billion dollars, I believe. Yeah. So, look, I mean, if he's so desperate for money, why doesn't he sell off? Um, cause I know he's into, uh, horse racing, I believe. Yeah. Like, can he just sell, I don't, I don't know if he has shares or whatever the hell he has involved with the horse racing. Can't he sell off some of that stuff to pay off those debts with the hockey team, which is his number one, it should be his number one priority cause he's a pro sports owner.
1: Who knows? But the fact of the matter is, is like the team's losing about $5 million a year. On anyone's best estimate. Yeah. And that's mostly due to. And it's not even the team. Organically losing the money. Whatever financing Menlik currently has. Is just killing him on interest payments. And apparently. Uh, he's, he's become. One of the least popular owners. And. Uh, apparently. Uh, the NHL owner groups. Are looking for ways to get rid of him. Sooner rather than later. That's why you got, like, even Bob McKenzie came out and said that Ottawa might be sold soon. Sorry, no, he said if Ottawa's forced to sell. Mm-hmm. And Bob huge is not one to stray into unsubstantiated speculation.
0: Yeah, which is why like, I got the Alfie Chan going. Because and I think we talked about that there was an ownership group that would have had Alfredson involved. And you know what? You can honestly believe that the fans 100% would support that. If Daniel Leffertson even if he's just, say, a partner and he's not really the owner, like, he could be, you could use him as the face for your ownership group.
1: Oh, yeah, and the fans would buy it. Well, I'd eat it up. Yeah. Now, I'm going to make a wrestling
0: reference, to him. It's kind of like if you looked at uh, WCW back in the day, mm-hmm. where Ted Turner was the owner. Like, he had the money, he had everything for that company. But Eric Bischoff was the face of the company. And he was the guy who did all the media coverage and all that stuff for the wrestling company. Mm-hmm. So that's what they could do with the ownership group. They can have a guy with all the money and use Alfredson as the face.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think that would go over very well in Ottawa.
0: For sure. I mean, the fact that he hasn't played a game in Ottawa since 2013 and the fans were still chanting Alfie, Alfie, Alfie at the alumni game. You, you can't tell me the fans still don't love him.
1: Well, I remember when I got to go to the Alfredson retirement game in 2014, I believe. Like, the Alfie chant literally went for a few minutes. of, And they had to kind of quiet people down so the game could actually start. Yeah,
0: that's the one disappointment from the outdoor game is that nobody... Started the Alfie chant at eleven eleven. Oh! Except at the alumni game, Tim, when this guy got the Alfie chant started. <laughs> because when they were doing the uh, player intros, I think... I think Radic Bonk was standing next to him. And as soon as Bonk's name ended, all you hear is, Alfie! Alfie! Alfie. Well, especially when you have everybody on Parliament Hill chanting Alfie. That's pretty special.
1: I still don't know how Team Alfie got so stacked. I don't know. I mean, the fact that it... he
0: got all of the talent is incredible.
1: Plus Lil' Eam.
0: Plus Lil' Eam, and he had Damien Rhodes, who didn't play in the game. <laughs>
1: uh, although I do like how Phillips just got all the, like, all the tough guys. I know, that was so awesome. Apparently Chris... Chris Neal absolutely destroyed a guy.
0: Oh, he hit Mike Fisher right in front of me. And the fans are going, yeah, we're cheering. And you can see Chris and Mike start laughing. They're just like, yeah, we got to do this, buddy. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome.
1: Yeah, I remember seeing a tweet from the alumni game. It's like, Chris Neal has never been suspended in his regular career. But this, <laughs> this alumni game, though.
0: Oh, I know he was playing hard, too, in that game. It was so awesome to watch.
1: Yeah. Fuck, if only Diag was still as majestic. Well, he is majestic, cool. Tim.
0: He's just—he's like a unicorn.
1: That's why we never saw him.
0: Yeah. Well, Tim, I guess that wraps up the Games of
1: the Week, eh, bud? Fuck, this was a good week to be a Sense fan.
0: Oh, I know. Well, this is a great episode in general, and I don't like to toot our own horn, but... No, overall, I think this has been a really good episode. Yeah. And it's hard to believe, Tim, this is our last episode before Christmas.
1: Yeah, it's one of our last episodes of the year, too, Just
0: nuts. Now we've got one more episode, and we've been trying to keep this under wraps for as long as we have, Tim, but I think it's time to talk about it. Tim, where are you going to be for next week's episode? Oh, I'm going to be back in D-Town. Yes, you are, and you are going to be in studio for the episode.
1: Hey, all right. Yeah, and I think we're also going to have a fun episode. We might as well record a fun episode while we're at it. For sure. I mean, I think
0: we'll record a few fun episodes while we're at it. Even if we don't mm-hmm. do it through GarageBand, I could still do it on my phone.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We might drag Chelsea over just so she can keep the dogs in place. <laughs> oh, my God. The,
0: the dogs will probably go fucking ape shit if
1: they see her. <laughs> she likes dogs, so that's
0: okay. That's good. I don't know if the dogs are going to like her. I mean, it's, it'll be nothing personal, but still. <laughs> so, Tim, now that we're on the topic of Christmas, um, I just got to say, uh, first of all, I hope everybody has a good good, happy holidays. And just make sure that you think of others during the season, because I know not everybody has the means or even the support during the holidays to help them out so please make sure that you think of others including yourselves
1: yeah well said thank you yeah and just uh reaching out to everyone uh if you do have a chance uh just make sure to uh help the local food bank as well because uh christmas is the hardest time for food banks and even if you don't have cans laying around they'll have the best thing you can do to a food bank is give them 20 bucks
0: for sure and also, those who are struggling throughout this holiday season, if you are struggling, please make sure that you reach out because there are people who are here to listen, here to help. Mm-hmm. And also, don't drink and drive, kids. That yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be. I don't. I don't really have to push that. It's a very well known thing that you shouldn't drink and drive during the holiday season. But let's be honest, Tim. Who hasn't had a couple of eggnogs and rum? Which are fucking disgusting. I don't understand why anybody likes those.
1: I don't know. Egg, eggnog just doesn't seem appealing in general.
0: I'm going to bite my tongue, Tim, because I like eggnog during the holidays.
1: I don't know. It's just like... I don't know. Something about chunky drinks just kind of puts me off. It's not really chunky. It's more... It's thick, but it's not chunky. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. So, Tim, do you have any plans for the holidays that you and Chelsea are going to be getting up to?
1: Uh, I don't Outside know of
0: obviously doing the
1: episode on Boxing yeah. Day Well probably just seeing seeing friends from University And yeah Right on Well
0: Tim I guess It's time to head into the close eh bud Eh
1: Always happens
0: Yeah. Before we do Tim Gotta ask this a question Lethal Weapon or Die Hard What's your favorite Christmas
1: movie Hmm, out of those two? Yes. Probably have to say Die Hard.
0: That's a good one. I'm going to go Lethal Weapon just because I think, No, I personally feel Lethal Weapon's a better movie than Die Hard. It is a lot more funny and actually Lethal Weapon's pretty serious when I went back and rewatched it a couple months back. Mm Mm-hmm. Such a great movie. I'm going to go back and rewatch that this Christmas. Nice. Yeah. Sorry, Tim, we're getting off a little off-topic. Let's get into the close. First of all, thank you so much for listening to the Third Line Plug Sensecast episode, guys, because believe me, Tim and I love recording them for you. You can find us on iTunes. Please listen, rate, and subscribe. We are on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash thirdlineplugsensecast, which believe me, Tim, I had a look there yesterday. We're actually losing followers, I think. Maybe SoundCloud's uh, weeding out the bots that we have.
1: Probably. I guess we'll just have to do a bit more to market on Twitter.
0: For sure, we are also on Google Play Music because our bod Dave made the mention. Third Line Plug Sensecast. We are on Twitter. You can find the show at Third Line Plug. Tim is at M Nine Hundred One honeybadger I am Great White Gibster G R Eight W I T E Gipster, If you want to shoot us an email to talk about how you were also at the alumni slash outdoor game, you want to talk about Eugene Melnick or you want to agree or disagree that Die Hard and Leap Weapon are the best Christmas movies, shoot us an email, thirdlandplugsensecast at gmail.com. So, for next week, for next week's episode, we got last night's game versus the Minnesota Wild. Yes, we do have to watch that, unfortunately. Thursday, we are playing the Tampa Bay Lightning and Saturday versus the Florida Panthers.
1: Yeah, it's definitely an... definitely an interesting lineup for the next few days for sure
0: until next episode guys i am your host taylor gibson
1: and this has been tim Jency
0: go sands guys